Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition, the first edition of Wednesdays with Wheels of 2024. I hope everybody has had a a good start to their new year and uh, new beginnings. I know I got some new beginnings coming up for me. Went uh, started my journey back into physical and occupational therapy today. So uh, that went very well and want to thank everyone for the love and support uh, on Facebook for that. So I appreciate it. But I figured there's no better way to start a new year and a new podcast than to start with talking about a lifestyle. I'm going to call this for anybody who hasn't done it and never done yoga. I've never done yoga. Uh, I'm going to call it, we're going to call this a lifestyle change episode. And I have my good friend Amanda Picaretto here with me from, uh, say the name of your, your yoga. I'm going to let you do it. Om my goodness yoga. Oh my good. That was the part I was confused on. I wasn't sure how you said it. So it's om, like we're, you know, we're centering ourselves. I'm, I'm thinking, Om my goodness yoga. So Amanda, how are you? Full disclosure, Amanda and I have been friends for years. Uh, we grew up right around the corner from each other. Uh, uh, played kickball and stuff as kids. So we've known each other for years. But Amanda, uh, thank you, first of all, for joining the podcast. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for inviting me on here and allowing me to talk about this. Absolutely. And I and I can't wait to talk about this. And a little bit later in the the podcast, we're actually going to uh, uh, we're actually going to do some yoga. We're going to do some uh, chair yoga and some yoga poses, because let's first let's start here, Amanda. What got you into yoga and just. Tell people who may think they know what yoga is, because I think we all have a preconceived notion, right? We've seen some movies and stuff like that that might have yoga in it. But just tell people how you got started in yoga and also what yoga really is. Absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> I was an athlete my whole life. And actually, as much as we were supposed to stretch and told to stretch, I avoided stretching. So yoga didn't come until much later in my life, maybe like 10 years ago. And it threw me for a loop because I fought against it. And then it became so important to me that I started going to um, originally breathe yoga every single day. I started their 40 day challenge and it became like years later, I was going every single day. And the reason why was because I learned that yoga was a lot more than just stretching. It was something that challenged me deeply, um, not only at a physical level, but as you work through these poses and you have these teachers pushing you to your brink and then pulling you back, inviting you to rest and honor your body. And this push-pull truly grew me as a person in all sorts of ways. Um, so so then let me stop you there uh, really quick, and then you can continue on with your answer. But well, uh, I came to this, so you and I were having lunch uh, a few weeks ago uh, before Christmas, and you had said, I'd really like to come on and, and speak about yoga. 
Uh, and I, and I said, well, we could do that. I go, but I don't know that I can, I can do yoga because, uh, and this is something that you and I've talked about. You, you said you hear, and it was what I said to you. I'm not the most flexible person in the world. I just went to physical therapy today and I, I could tell you that I'm not the most flexible person in the world. So first of all, just walk me through someone who's never been to yoga before, what they can expect when they walk into your, your studio, or because one of the things you say is you can do yoga anywhere. So, but if they're going to a class, what can somebody expect? And talk a little bit about meeting people where they are. Sure. Um, so walking into a yoga studio can be really intimidating for people. It was for me. And there's a lot of people who I hear, like you say, they tell me I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga, but these are the people who should especially be getting into yoga. And like you mentioned, it's not just something that turns on when we're on our mat. It's something that you can do and should do every moment moving forward of your life. When you walk into a yoga studio, I actually don't have my own studio. I typically take yoga into non-traditional spaces. Um, right now, I just started a collaboration with Crystal Core over at 700 South Avenue. I'll be teaching in that beautiful space. But I also go to parks, beaches. Um, I've been invited into um, a kombucha center, um, for calm life. And I've taken yoga into a lot of non-traditional spaces. I also do private sessions and go straight to my student homes. And, and the reason is, is because yoga doesn't have to be done in a studio. It can be done wherever you are, whenever you are. And literally everybody can do it. Um, yeah. So when someone comes to my class though, you asked what I do. I, I start them out in a meditation, get people centered, um, do a little bit of breath work, and then I move them into a flow <clears throat> that picks up the pace and then slows down and then end in a meditation. It's um, it's interesting because we have a very good friend, uh, Mike Angora, who, yeah. and you have, a, speaking of doing it in many different locations, you yeah. have done, uh, you've done bar yoga, which I you, did. You, you brought the yoga studio to the bar. Uh, so that, to, when, when I heard that, I was like yoga in a bar, but I guess in a sense that that is a great way to introduce people that, that may not be, uh, into health and fitness so much right away. That's a great way. That's also meeting them where they are at a very basic level, right? Because some of these people may never even walk into a yoga studio, but you're meeting them where they hang out and they try it once and they say, oh man, that really, I, I really enjoyed that. And then maybe they, they, they go to another one of your classes. And, and so that's a really a great thing. I do want to talk a little bit about, because you came to yoga, um, during a difficult time in your life, uh, from what I read in your bio, but then you, you took it to the next level and you wanted to help other people out. So just Absolutely. talk to me a little bit about that. I, uh, when I, and I, uh, specifically like how much training goes into it on your end where the different techniques you're learning, 
is there a degree out there that you get or how does that work? Okay. So yeah, um, there is a 200 hour teacher mm -hmm. training that gets you certified, but that's not where it begins. And that's not where it ends. As I said to you, I was going to yoga classes every single day and the days I didn't feel like going were the days I was really pushing myself harder. Um, I had a great yoga instructor who still teaches Rocco Bianchi and he taught me a whole new level to myself. And um, I was struggling with something really deep and yoga put me into my power. It changed my mindset and helped me recognize that when I met myself where I was at and recognized my weaknesses, it also brought me into the strengths that I had. And it was something that I absolutely could not grow forward from and heal through without sharing it with other people. So I did the 200 hour teacher training um, along with going and taking class after class and um, reading the yamas and niyamas and learning a lot of the different um, Vedic roots of yoga and just learning all aspects of it so that in every way possible, I could help other people authentically into their healing and first by leading through example. And it's interesting to me, before we get into uh, yoga, some of the yoga poses that, because it's, uh, I know that that uh, chair yoga has become, uh, seems to have become all the fad, which is where you're seated, which is how I'm going to be. And, and, and I might, and we might as well talk about this. I had said to you when we were speaking on the phone earlier, uh, you, you know, you were asking me some of my abilities and what I could do and what was more difficult for me. And I said, well, I don't want to do anything too difficult because we are going to be on camera. And, uh, I don't, I mean, I'm not afraid to embarrass myself. Trust me. I've, I've, uh, done that plenty on the radio, but, uh, uh, the, you, you, you had said something interesting to me. You had said, we, it doesn't matter how far you can go just as long as you go as far as you can go. So yeah. my question to you is what are some real time benefits you have seen through, some some of your clients what ha, what are some of the real-time benefits that some of your clients have told you about or that you've seen personally uh, through these sessions of yoga well i had one student who was <laughs> in her 70s and hadn't seen her son in many years um she hadn't been able to go visit where he lives he lives in england and she couldn't travel she could barely turn her neck. Um, and she was nervous to start yoga because she's like, I don't know if I can do it. And I told her exactly what I told you. I'm going to meet you where you're at, but I need you to be willing to meet yourself where you're at and be okay with what you can't do, but use that to grow forward into what you can do. Let's start there and right. then keep your boundaries and honor your body. And um, after about a year of working with her, she Sorry, I'm getting emotional. Um, That's all right. She went to England and saw her son. And she went there not only with a stronger physical body and more flexibility, but that she went there with confidence. And it was really beautiful. That's that that is that's amazing. And uh you know, you you think of uh so let me ask you this. Is a is is 
more is a lot of yoga is is it's not only physical but is it is there a lot of like um I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for but is a lot of just clearing your mind and like being present in the moment Absolutely. So yoga, a lot of people don't know that what we see as a yoga practice, these movements and people in a studio, that didn't come on until recently. Um, yoga actually started a very long time ago in India, and it was really just for the Brahmins and um, not the general public. It was these people who were dedicating their lives and it wasn't movement. It was dedicating their lives to finding stillness and looking inward to connect outward. Um, the word yoga actually comes is a Sanskrit word that means unity. So it is this connection that when you find it deep within yourself, you can then connect with everything around you and the universe as a whole. Um, and to me, that's one of the most beautiful aspects of yoga so yes it's it is mind work the the asana or the poses um came after and that was so that people like us can can do something we can't just sit there for hours we live in the society that doesn't allow that it doesn't teach us that so we have to unlearn through yoga and through these movements in order to calm ourselves center ourselves and be in a position to sit with ourselves. Uh, and how typically, how long is one of your yoga sessions, your yoga classes? How long typically how long do they do they run? Sure. They last about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes. All right. And I and I and I know where uh, I'm being kind of facetious here when I say this, but you do bring yoga into many different areas. So uh, I'm assuming that when we did it at, at the old Fatso's, maybe it was early in the morning, maybe some people were partaking in a, a mimosa or two. So <laughs> again, it just brings to mind though, that it really, it can be done anywhere in any setting. And uh, the, the health benefits uh, more it's interesting because I know phys we talked about physically, but I'm thinking about more mentally how that can, you know, if you take the time just to be within yourself, how that can be so much more. Honestly, that's usually the hardest part for many of my students. Um, they'll get into the poses. They might struggle a little bit with flexibility, but um, <laughs> get into that but one of the most difficult parts of yoga for people is shavasana which is the deep rest portion at the very end where you just lay still and you allow your body to completely rest i can't tell you how many students i see fidget look up move their arm move their hair and i have to just ask them um i invite you deeper into this rest i invite you into stillness and in silence because people don't know how to do that. Our society does not allow that. It's so interesting because I'm sitting here thinking if if I I would be I would be that I would be that guy that would be fidgeting and <laughs> and 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 looking around the room to see if I to see if I was doing it right, shall we say. And obviously you've already said here that there there's really no right. It's meeting you at your level, but I know 
uh, I was given the gift of gab. So silence for me is 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 uh, very awkward at times. Um, let me ask you this: Do you have do you ever have uh, parents that come in with their children? Are there at what at what age would you recommend starting yoga? Um. Well, for it depends. So I wouldn't recommend bringing a young child into an adult class. Maybe like, depending on the child's maturity level, maybe like an 11, 12 year old could go to a beginner's class. Okay. Um, But for, I have worked one-on-one with small children and what age they can begin, um, really for a class that's tailored for children you can start a kid as early as you can start them sitting if they can listen and they can sit and they can follow some direction you can start a a shorter class with some easier movements um and a lot of it would be you know just holding knowing the child's attention span right i work with my daughter a little bit she's eight years old and um you know, she'll sit with me and we do breath work. We do a lot of lion's breath because she deals with some um, frustration and a little bit of focus issues. And when she gets into that, I tell her, come on, let's yoga. Let's do lion's breath. And we sit there and breathe in and breathe out hard and loud and just get her nervous system regulated. And then I'll ask her to sit like just like three breaths. Let's close your eyes and then get her into a little flow, like just maybe like a sun salutation or put her into child's pose. And we make it silly, we make it fun. Um, But while we're making it silly and fun, it's also some serious work that she's doing at a young age and training her brain into. um, But it's interesting you say you keep it fun. So she probably doesn't even realize the, the, the serious work that she's actually putting in because it's fun. And when something is fun, you want to do more of it. And so it makes it easier. So that's, that's, uh, that's, a that was, that's why I asked that question because in today's society with our kids and everything that's going on in this world, I could see it being beneficial to them before we start, uh, uh, the what I'm going to refer to as the nerve wracking portion portion <laughs> of this podcast because I I'm not going to lie to you, uh, folks, and I'm surprised. I'm wondering if there's something going on because we have so many viewers. Uh, we have a lot of viewers watching, but usually I have a ton of comments on the site, and I'm not seeing any comments. So I'm wondering if there's something going on with the program. But I'll just say this: I'm very nervous about doing this because I've never done it. Not let alone have I never done it, but now we're doing it on camera. Uh, maybe there'll be a meme out there of me doing <laughs> some yoga poses. If someone knows how to do that, I I actually welcome it and post it to my Facebook page. We can have fun with this as well. But before we get into that, I want to. Can we go over some of the the more frequently used terms in yoga? So you you mentioned a few there that I never heard of. So, um, lion's breath, is that what you called it? Yeah. Lion's breath. So just, can you go over some of those terms? Because I think that would be interesting for people. So actually, I'd love it if you and everyone out there watching, um, 
hold on a minute. Did I did I lose you? Okay. No, I, I'm right here. Okay, sorry. Something is happening on my end. Technologies. Okay. Um, I would love it if you and everyone um, listening in with this actually, you know, listen to these breath cues and did it with us. All um, right, let's do it. Let me let me do this first. Okay. Let me do this before we before we let me uh, let me back up here a little bit and I'm gonna I'm going to uh, fix my posture because I don't always have the best posture so let's do that and then we'll we'll do some we'll do some yoga here okay and actually right now I'm sitting on my floor on a yoga mat but I'm gonna turn this around like I said it's important to meet people where they're at. And you are sitting in a chair, so I'm also going to do this from a chair position. Okay, sounds good. So, okay, so we're sitting straight spine or as straight as you can get your spine. Shoulders, a lot of us, especially with computers these days, we're hunching. So uh -huh. we're moving our shoulders up and back and head straight forward. And it's good to close your eyes. Just allow yourself into yourself to center. So a lion's breath, you breathe in deep. So it's a big breath in. Stick out your tongue and. Ah. Oh, that's an interesting one. People get uncomfortable in class when I ask them to do it. And I'll get something like, like, and I'm like, no, uh-uh. We're, we're doing this again until people are really like doing it. And then sometimes I, I have them stop sticking out their tongue and it gets to a more. <sighs> and we have, I have yelled with people in their faces, like back and forth doing these breaths to get people pumped up. And it's amazing the anxiety that just melts away. So we're going to do it now. So sit straight. Can I, can I not stick out the tongue? The tongue thing is, can I just, the tongue thing is a little weird for me. So can I, I'll just, I'll put, I'll put some effort into it without the tongue. Okay, if you won't, if you don't want to stick out the tongue, then we can just do a big breath. So I won't stick out my tongue either. The, the reason for the tongue is a clearing breath. And they say when you <clears throat> stick out your tongue and breathe over it, it clears your energy. So if you don't want to do that, we'll just do the lion's breath and we're going to get it big and loud. So close your eyes. Deep breath in. <sighs> ah. Now, when you do this breath, it's it's releasing so much. Do you feel different after doing it? I, um, so I, I got like this, I felt like a little burst of energy almost. Yeah. So it's, it's activating your sympathetic nervous system. A big breath like that is um, it's dumping some adrenaline in you. So you are getting that energy as you're clearing energy out, you are exchanging it with almost like, a calming energy instead okay um, instead of that anxious energy and here's one thing that people don't realize if you can control your breath you can control your life because we cannot control the chaos that's happening around us we see that with um what we see on social media with everything from like politics here to famine around the world to wars that are happening and they can disrupt our peace if we let it. So when we control our breath and learn to breathe, because that's one thing in life we can control and we can uh -huh. control every moment. And once you do that, you can control your nervous system, within, which in turn controls the chemistry of your body. 
and it allows you to be at ease no matter what's happening. That is very interesting because uh, I have uh, not yoga wise, at least it wasn't with a yoga instructor uh, done some breathing exercises and I, and I realize and can see how that can help. It can sort of, when you're anxious, if you take deep breaths can sort of calm you down and, and relax you and help you think a little clearer, maybe before you make a rash, uh, decision or action. Absolutely. So, um, you're talking about the deep breaths now, I was just teaching you a breath that activates it, it releases and activates, but you can also do breaths. So if you want to get a straight spine again, and we can okay. do a box breathing, um, you breathe into the count of four, slow, steady breath, pause at the top of your breath for the count of four. Exhale very slow and steady to the count of four. And then once again, pause at the bottom of your breath to the count of four. And then that that can continue. You can do it once a day or you can continue it um, like multiple times in that session. And I tell people, start small. If you can't sit in meditation for a long time, then don't force yourself into it. Ease right. yourself and start with just, that, just those um, 16 seconds a day. And there was actually a study done with that where... Um, they had two groups of people and one group they did not have do that breath and the other group did the box breath where just 16 seconds every day they did that breathing that i just taught you and they did an mri scan before it and then they did another one um after i can't remember how long the study was but after so many weeks they did another one and they found that the people in the in the control group who did not do the breathing there were no like significant changes, but the people who had done the breathing, almost all of them had significant changes in the brain. The amygdala, um, the center where people experience like anger and fear. Sure. And, and then in the hippocampus of the brain where um, that activates when people are, um, are calm and like feeling happy and creative and all these things that portion of the brain grew so this is not just something that is like hippy dippy nonsense it is no there's science behind it yeah yeah very very interesting it really is uh it, we have a little bit of time left do we, do we want to do a pose or two yeah so i'd love to do um there's two poses i really wanted to um, do with you to just show people. And I want to go back to you saying that you were nervous doing this. Um, thank you for being vulnerable and showing people how to do this. Like not just saying you, anyone can do it, but showing them that anybody can do it because um, you're in a wheelchair and you are not afraid to just test it out. You're not afraid to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I might not do it perfect, but I'm going to try. And that vulnerability invites other people to become vulnerable. So absolutely. I really absolutely, it. and I, and I'll just add to that if I could. I I think um, in this in the in a world where we worry about uh, what what people think and all of that stuff, as long as it makes you feel good, that's all that should matter, right? 
So you don't have to worry about what other people are thinking if you go and take a group class because you're just there to work on yourself. And those same people are there to work on themselves. So uh, it probably never been to a yoga class, but just knowing you and speaking with you is probably the biggest judgment-free zone you could ever be in, I would assume. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there are times I laugh at myself. I've fallen out of poses that I just was too tired to be in that day or just simply like tripped over my own two feet in class and I laugh at myself and I make a joke or, but then we move forward and it, it just, we're all human and we have to allow ourselves to be human, which I think social media and a lot of like just everything really in our society kind of pushes us to forget that. It's interesting before we go on to the other poses and we're going to get to them. I'm not going to, we're not going to stop. Uh, we're not going to end the podcast without doing them. But you said something that was very interesting to me when you said there have been times where I've fallen out of a pose because I'm just too tired to do that pose. Uh, it's got to be uh, somewhat taxing on you as well. I mean, we're all human beings, right? So we all have good days and bad days. And so as the teacher, you feel a responsibility to show people how to do this, but there's got to be some days where you're just not, you know, mentally in the moment either. And, and that's to be expected, right? Yeah. But here's the thing. I start in meditation um, for a big reason. And that's because when we sit in meditation and sit with ourselves, it doesn't matter what we walked in the door with. We're kind of leaving that behind for a little bit. Um, maybe for the whole, maybe even completely. But when we start and center ourselves and get into our breath, then <laughs> a lot of time that exhaustion I was feeling or that just not like just having other things on my mind, they kind of, they start to go away. And then as we're into the movements, the flow is designed to get you out of your mind into your body and, and just connect you with yourself. And, and it becomes a lot easier. So when you might think that it's like, I can never do this, those are sometimes the best practices. And those are the times where you actually end up pushing yourself to the boundary. So that's the other reason I fall is because there's times I get into the pose and I'm like, you know what? I've been here how many times? I'm going to push it further. And if I fall, I fall. And that's what I want my students to do as well. Right. Very good. All right. So let's do these, these, uh, these two poses. Uh um, and see how well it goes. I'm ready. I'm excited. Okay, me too. So I'm going to have you sit again, straight spine. We're going to do a seated mountain pose. A seated um, mountain pose. Okay. Your feet are going to be grounding down. I want you to, if you like as much as you can, spread your toes wide and press down onto your platform. Okay, um, hold on one second. Let me, let me sure. just, uh. Let me just get set here and in the best possible position for me. Yes. And then, okay, so I've got my feet uh, on my footrest and let's see what we can do. So I want you to make sure your feet are in good alignment. Um, I want your joints stacked so your knees above your ankles and you are pressing your feet down in all four corners of your feet. 
So those toes, the big, the pinky, and then the back of your feet are pressing down hard. And you're going to energetically on the inhale, lift your hands high. And with that lift, I want you to just look up as if you're reaching for something amazing. Yeah. And we're going to work on turning our pinky fingers in as we lift. And on every inhale, you're reaching up high and every exhale, let those shoulders relax. So inhale, reach high. Exhale, the shoulders relax a little. And you can just hold that pose for a few breaths before you come out. And then next time, go into it a little longer and a little okay. deeper. Um, and when you're doing that pose, like, you know, it's it, people might be like, well, what am I doing? I'm just getting an alignment and reaching high. But you're not just doing that, especially you. Today, you got yourself into a walker um, from the wheelchair and you're working towards using a walker. And I, I can't imagine that's easy. <laughs> no, uh, we're, we're not there yet, but we're making steps to maybe eventually get there. And it, it's definitely not easy. Right. And, and those steps are probably harder than what they'll be later when you are walking, because it's the work in the beginning. It's that unknown that's the most difficult mentally and physically. And when you're doing this, inhaling, reach high, not only are you tying your breath to your movements so that eventually that comes naturally, but you are stretching, you're pressing down and grounding, you're stretching up high, you're extending the spine, um, ex like stretching all your muscles, which is going to improve blood flow. Um, which is going to improve muscle recovery, which is going to allow you to recover quicker and get stronger. And when you're building your muscles, build, creating new muscles by working towards get, um, using that walker, your muscles are going to start to hurt. They're going to get tight. And these stretching movements are going to counterbalance that and allow um, faster recovery with more blood flow. Um, and it's going to improve your heart health. It'll improve your overall immunity. Now, I, I do have a question because in that pose, you said something about turning your pinkies in, right? Was that? Okay, so someone like me who has um, dexterity issues. Uh, so doing that with the pinky was a little more difficult. And I know you say we meet people where they're at, but are there, when you're in a session or with someone like me, can you make adaptations? Adaptations are extremely important when um, I'm working with populations that can't do um, these general poses. And it might be everything from someone simply not strong enough to hold themselves in plank. So I have them put their knees down so they're in the position, but their knees are to the floor and they, they're supporting their bodies while they're building their arm strength through that. And someday they might get to plank or they might need to stay there and that's okay. It, right. it's, it's just, again, meeting themselves where they're at and still getting the benefits of the other portions of the pose. Um, we also use blocks for adaptations, um, put blocks beneath people, um, or I change the pose. If there's things someone just simply cannot physically do, I can, I can alter the pose in different ways and give them a different cue so that they're still getting these benefits of um, like stretching their back or um, 
you know, building the arm muscles, stretching the chest. And it's, it's just really recognizing what people can and can't do and, and just being in tune with them. Right. Very good. All right. Let's try this, this next pose okay. uh, before, before, uh, I ask you a last couple bit of questions here and we, we, uh, we hopefully send people on the way and I'm going to have you give out your information so that people, if they want to, can, uh, can find you and, and reach out. And so that all that kind of good stuff. But before we do that, let's do this last pose. Amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. So again, I want you seated straight spine. This time you don't have to worry about grounding your legs. Okay. Um, just keep your spine straight. And what we're working on, we're going to do cat cows, which um, when I first thought about cat cow in a wheelchair, I was like, how in the world can someone do that? But the, but it's such an important pose. Um, so a cat cow is typically on the hands and knees. And the cat, you round your shoulders forward, round your tailbone. So your spine is like rounded. Like Think like a cat when it gets up on all its all fours and rounds its back. Okay. Um, that's your you're exhaling into cat and inhaling into cow. So your head tips up, your uh, shoulder blades are coming back and your tailbone is tipping back. So you're creating an arch in your back. Um, so how and, do we want me to do this then? Okay, so, okay, so on the, on the cat, so on the exhale is cat. I want you, so you're gonna tip your chin downward and round your shoulders forward and at the same time, you're pulling, you're, you're, you're rounding your back outward. So you're pulling your tailbone inward. So you're like scooching your butt forward with your shoulders as your shoulders come forward. And it's really important to keep that chin tucked. <clears throat> and then for cat, or I'm sorry, that's cat pose. And for cow, you're gonna then scooch your butt back, let your tailbone lead. And as you're scooching your butt back, you start pulling your shoulders back and lifting your chin. So you're creating an arch the opposite way. You're arching your back. And um, after you do a couple of those, so rounding and then arching, then I want you to start connecting your breath. So you exhale as you round, inhale as you arch, and we go slow. You do slow, complete breaths and let the movements follow your breath. And then okay. eventually you're just one breath per movement in this rhythmic spinal movement. And it's so good for your spinal health. That that seems like that one would be one that that would be more difficult for me, but I can see uh, the benefits of it. So, uh, well, listen, I'm going to tell you what we plan on doing in the future because we we just kind of, we, we threw this together and didn't have uh, it was going to take, it's going to take some work, but what we plan on doing within the next month or two, if I can get it all figured out how to do it so we can both be here together on the camera, uh, maybe having you uh, meet me somewhere and we can set up a camera and we can actually do poses where you can uh, help me and uh, help the listener uh, as well. So we'll have you back on the program. Before I let you go, uh, is there anything else you'd like to, is there anything we didn't cover that you would like to cover? Honestly, I, I think we covered it all. I mean, really the point I wanted to drive home is that yoga 
can be done anywhere and everywhere and with everybody. Um, and even if it's just closing your eyes and coming into that box breath, even if it's just taking a moment and doing that lion's breath to clear yourself before you walk in somewhere. Um, and then and then going to the movements, I tell people, you could do one sun salutation a day and it's going to make a difference. Was um, that what we did? Was that this no, move here? That was just a mountain pose. So that's like the first step in a sun salutation. Um, but a sun salutation is like a whole little, like a little segmented flow. And okay. um, it's something we can touch on at another time, but it's, you know, and you don't have to have a yoga mat. You don't have to be in a studio. I've done it on the grass with bare feet and nothing else there. And it's like, and I encourage people to start doing that, to learn that we don't need our mats. A, a mat is a nice tool, but it sometimes becomes a crutch and an excuse to not do it. And we should be doing this. We really should for our physical health, our mental health, um, and just as a whole to like really start connecting and, and learning ourselves and our strengths. And then let me just give you the opportunity. Uh, if they, if someone is listening to this or watching and they're, they're thinking, this is something I'd like to get into, uh, where can they reach? Um, my goodness yoga. I, I, I just like saying that, um, part that's, that's, uh, <laughs> That's the part that I'm familiar with yoga. Uh, yeah. uh, where can they reach you uh, if they wanted to take a class or anything like that? So the best way to really reach me is by following, oh my goodness, yoga. That shows up for the viewers, right? Or the listeners? Yeah, it's right. It's right there. Okay. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that is my Instagram handle and um, they can just message me on Instagram, follow the page and uh, shoot a message. And, you know, they can ask questions um, and like figure out how to move forward and set something up, whether they want to come to a full class or whether they really feel like it would benefit them for me to come straight to them where they're comfortable and meet them where, where they're at in their own space. And does that Instagram, if, if they follow you on that, do, do you list where you're like these, these, when you go to these public locations, do yeah, you list so, where you're going to be? So usually I put them on my, on my stories whenever I'm going to be there, I'll do it a couple days before I'll do it the day of, um, so they can see them on there or they can literally just reach out to me and ask, and I can let them know my availability for private sessions and let them know what's coming up for group classes. Well, listen, my friend, uh, Amanda Picaretto, um, my goodness, yoga. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Check her out on Instagram. Uh, and uh, we're going to have you back to dive more into the poses real soon. So thank you so much. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. You thank are very welcome. Stay right there for one second while I close out the show, would you? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Wednesdays with Wheels. Um, once again, hope you had a good new year. Hope you're uh, setting new goals for yourself. Uh, next week, we will have uh, Megan Carter on. Uh, you used to work with her in radio, so that'll be an interesting 
uh, session or an interesting podcast. Amanda, thank you again so much. Ladies and gentlemen, have a good rest of your Wednesday, and we'll see you real soon. Bye-bye. Bye, thank you.